and many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much, Lord, just for the day that you blessed us with. And Lord, just the wonderful service this morning. Lord, Brother Brandon, bringing your word, just giving it to us. Lord, how you spoke to my heart this morning and helped me. I ask you now, Lord, just to use your word once again to speak to hearts. Lord, you know I desire something anew and afresh from this. And Lord, I pray that you just help me to give it the way you give it to me. And uh, Lord, we just want to thank you so much, Lord, for who you are and for what you are. Lord, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Wow, that's cold. I didn't expect it to be that cold. Anyway, another one of those things that you're like, hey, what can I do to distract myself from the nerves? As I was growing up, just a little testimony, and then we'll jump right into this. Growing up, people always told me when I was younger, hey, you're going to be a preacher just like your dad. You're going to be the one that's going to be a preacher. And I would tell everybody, no, I'm not going to be a preacher. You say, well, why did you tell them that? Well, because I hated speaking in front of people. I didn't like it. I loved, there was, for a long time, I loved to be the center of attention, but I didn't want to speak in front of a, a group. And I, you could put me in front of this building full of 18 and under, and I would have the time of my life. I would be having a blast. I would, yes, man, this is awesome. This is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. And just having so much fun. But the moment you put about four or five adults in there, I'm like, nope, I'm done. Because I just got so nervous. I couldn't do it. I couldn't speak in front of them. I get super tongue-tied and just couldn't do anything. But it's when I came to the realization that God wasn't asking me to preach because I had the ability to do it in me. He was asking me to preach because he wanted to use me to do it because he knew I couldn't do it. And that's when I surrendered and said, Lord, I'll preach. And that's when I surrendered the call to preach when I was 18. And just thankful how the Lord's just blessed me since then and just allowed me to study and to prepare messages, to give to other people, and just an honor that it is just to preach God's Word. I'm just thankful for that, what He's done. But here in Mark chapter number 10, a very familiar story here, and as we get into it, I just want to pull four different things from this story and just kind of share them with you and then kind of apply them to our life and how they apply to us and they make sense to us and what we need to do just like is done in this story. And so the first thing that I want to notice as we begin here is I want to look at the cry of Bartimaeus. And if you look, we'll look at just a few things, but reading at verse number 47, the Bible says, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 48 says, And many charged him, excuse me, that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. The first thing that we notice in this story as we read it about the cry of blind Bartimaeus when he began to cry out was that he knew who he was crying out to before he ever said a word. And in Luke's gospel, it gives the same account to this story in chapter 18, verses 35 through 37. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, and a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth 
passeth by. So in that account, Luke tells us that he's sitting by this highway side and he's begging and he hears just this great multitude coming by. So he starts asking, what's going on? Why is there so many people? Someone tell me what's going on. And someone's kind enough to tell him, hey, it's Jesus of Nazareth. He's passing by. Well, blind Bartimaeus hears that, and no doubt he's heard about Jesus. He's heard who he is. He's heard of this Jesus of Nazareth, what he can do and what he has done, or else he wouldn't have cried out like he did and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. So he knew who Jesus of Nazareth was, and he knew what he could do before he ever said a word, and he knew that it was him that was passing by. But then we see that he had faith that Jesus would heal him, and we'll kind of deal with that a little more. But in verse number 52, we see that it says, And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. So he had faith in Jesus that he was going to hear and answer his prayer from the beginning before he ever said anything. He had faith in him, and we'll get into more of that as we get down through the message about the faith that blind Bartimaeus has. But then we see that he continued to cry out unto the Lord, even through persecution. You say, through persecution, what are you talking about? Well, I have a very vivid imagination, and I get really tongue-tied when I'm nervous. And so I was thinking, I put myself in these stories, and you just have to bear with me when I do this, because I taught seven to whatever the lowest age that could, was potty trained that would come in there for six years on Sunday morning. So that's kind of my age range of what I love teaching to. Sometimes I still reference to that because it's simple and it's easy to get even if you're 50, you're 90, you're six. You can all still get it when you put it on the basement level. And that's just kind of where my mind goes most of the time when I'm putting myself in these stories. But when I put myself in here and I'm thinking about this, talking about how he continued through persecution, let's put ourselves in this story. And you think about blind Bartimaeus, and he's seated here by the wayside. And he's seated here, he can't see anything. He's just waiting, and he hears this multitude coming by. And he's wondering, what is going on? So he begins to ask, will someone please tell me what's going on? And someone that's passing by is kind enough to tell him, hey, it's Jesus of Nazareth. He's passing by. And so I'm going to have to move because I'm making that loud squeal. <clears throat> but they sit, he's seated by this highway side and he's begging and he's asking. He's like, man, what's going on? Well, someone is kind enough to tell him it's Jesus of Nazareth. Well, when they tell him, his mind goes to the stories that he's heard. Man, Jesus, he's healed the lame. Man, he's done this. He's done that. I've got to get to Jesus. So he begins to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You think he's seated here and he's asking, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Well, it says in verse number 48, and many charged him that he should hold his peace. So you think, okay, well, big deal. People were telling him to be quiet. Okay, it is a big deal. You put yourself here, you're blind, you're in all, in all sense, you're just helpless. You're asking for help. Well, you hear this voice ring out as you're crying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Maybe it's a woman's voice that says, Bartimaeus, be quiet. We're trying to get to Jesus. And then he's like, no, I, I can't listen to that. I've got to get to Jesus because he knows Jesus can heal him. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. But it doesn't say just one person. It says many. So I have no doubt in my mind that one of those many had to have been a rough, tough voice. Probably somebody that was just wanting to go see Jesus and he was probably mad at the world at times. And when he heard blind Bartimaeus crying out, he's like, Bartimaeus, be just imagine it in the most scruff, tough, most scariest voice you can imagine saying, Bartimaeus, be quiet. I'm trying to get to Jesus. Telling him to hush, telling him not to cry out anymore. 
He's got a big decision to make. Because you close your eyes and you think of just the biggest broad, like, broad dude that can just kill you in one punch. And think of that voice coming out and saying, Blind Bartimaeus, be quiet. You've got a decision to make. Am I going to make this person mad? Or am I going to just ignore that and just get the help I need? So he continued on. He said, I don't care what this person does to me. I've got to get to Jesus. So he cried out the more a great deal. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And before you get too like, oh, well, the crowd shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have been persecuting blind Bartimaeus. They shouldn't have been telling him to be quiet. I mean, they're following Jesus to see the miracles, aren't they? Don't they want to see what he's doing? Well, that kind of gets us down to our next point here that we see not only the cry, but we see the crowd in this story. And we see two different types of people in this crowd. But the first thing we see about the crowd is that it was a great crowd. If you look in verse number 46, it says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people. And then in verse number 48, where it says, And many charged him that he should hold his peace. So we see in verse 46 that there's a great crowd that is here that is following Jesus. And there's always a great crowd that follows Jesus. There's always a number of people that are wanting to see the next great thing that Jesus is going to do, the next big movement. When you see the Lord doing great things, people getting saved, revivals going for more than a week, when it goes, a lot of people start coming in. I mean, you, you can attest to that. More and more people from outside start coming in to see what God's doing. Some of them are coming in because they're just, they just want to see. They don't want to get involved. They don't want anything to do with it. They just want to watch it. They just want to see what's going to happen next. And you've got that in this crowd here that is following Jesus and to see what all's going on. But then you have two different types of people in this crowd. As I mentioned a moment ago, you've got those that are persecuting the very one that are trying to get to Jesus. And they're they're telling him, I mean, they've come to see a miracle. Well, here's a miracle waiting to happen. But yet, as they're going by, they're telling him to be quiet. And you have to think, though, before you... Put down too much on them. Put yourself in their shoes. Maybe they're just a single person. They're there by themselves. You think of this great crowd. No doubt these streets aren't that big that they're coming through. Well, if there's a crowd of people and you're in a crowd, I hate crowds, so I don't like it. So I normally do what I'm about to tell you I would do in a crowd. When you get in a crowd, which is the easiest way and the quickest way to get from point A to point B if you're me? Because I duck through crowds like there's a hole right here. I'll go through like people walking. I'm the slowest. It's like skip in front of somebody. I'm going. Like I'm just trying to get out of there as quick as I can. And holes just keep opening up while people are moving. So to get from point A to point B in a crowd, the quickest way to get there is if that crowd is moving. But the moment that crowd stops, you're stuck. All your holes quit opening up. You can't get to where you want to go quick enough. So imagine if you're going through here, you're trying to dodge through. You've always wanted to see Jesus since you've been here in that first story. And now he's passing through. And you're trying to get through here and you hear a voice that says, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. What if you think, man, if, he, if Jesus hears him, he's going to stop. I'm going to get stuck. I'm not going to get up to see Jesus. Blind Bartimaeus, please be quiet. I'm trying to get to see Jesus. I've wanted to see him my whole life. You can't see him, but I can. And I've wanted to see him since I heard that first story, just be quiet so I can get to him. That doesn't sound that bad, does it? I mean, you're just trying to get to see Jesus. But if we're not careful too many times, we'll think of ourselves, man, I just really want to get to that. I want to see what God can do and I want to watch that we get so focused on us and what we want to do here for the Lord that we neglect to see the ones that really need help. 
We just pass the ones that are really needing that help that we should be coming alongside. And that's this other side of the crowd that I'm about to tell you about. When it says in verse number 49, it says, And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And look what it says. It says, And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. So it wasn't just Jesus stopped and said, Hey, blind Bartimaeus, come here. No, Jesus stopped and commanded him to be called to him. So there were those that were so close to the Lord that were just right around him that when he stopped, they're like, all right, what's going on? And he said, bring that one that's calling out, that's crying out, bring him to me. And I can't help but think if that was me and I'm here right next to Jesus and he says, hey, go bring that person to me, I'm going to get him. I'm not just going to say, hey, tell them to bring him to him. Hey, tell them to bring him to him. I'm going to be going. Like, I'm going to be pushing my way through this crowd. They're going to do whatever it takes to push through that crowd to get to that person to get them to Jesus. Is that us? Are we those people that, hey, we're just going through, man. Are we walking through so close to the Lord when He starts moving into a service and He starts working in hearts and lives that when we can just sense and we can know when the Holy Spirit says, hey, that person needing help, that person's needing a touch, that we can be sensitive enough and close enough to the Lord that we can start praying for them right there. Maybe we can go pray with them. Or you can just know, hey, I need to be praying for that person. The Lord lays it on your heart, and you can do that. Or are you so focused on, man, I just want something, and I don't care about the needs of others. I just want to focus on what God can do for me and what God's going to do for me that you neglect to see the ones that really, really need some help from the Lord. We're, you're either one of, one of the two in that crowd. You're either those that are just so focused on getting your help, which is a good thing, and getting to the Lord that you neglect to see the ones that really, really need some help. Or you're the ones that are so close to the Lord because you've spent time praying and reading your Bible and studying throughout the week that when you get to church on Sunday, you're just getting recharged and refired, and you can also see the needs of others and help them while you're here. And that's what I want to be. I don't want to be that one that doesn't read the Bible and doesn't pray when I'm at work during the week. And so when I get to church, I mean, I've got to just focus on me. This is when Jesus is passing by. It's the only thing I can do, focusing on Him. And I've just got to trust Him. And that's it. Or am I focusing on everybody else that's around me and their needs and what they need? But not only do we see the cry of blind Bartimaeus here and the crowd that is here, but I want you to look with me. And this is kind of where I want to just... Look at real closely here for a minute. And in verse number 50, I I read this and read this story and heard it preached and heard it preached. And then when I heard it preached one time where a pastor brought out this verse and just kind of talked about it just briefly, but he brought it out. It kind of stuck with me. And the Lord just spoke to my heart and I started studying it out. We'll, We'll read verse 49 and then verse 50. The Bible says, And Jesus stood still, and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. Verse number 50 says, And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Now you may not understand really the full magnitude of this verse if you don't understand anything about that garment. What is that garment? What does that garment mean to Bartimaeus. What is it? Well, let me explain it to you what this garment is to blind Bartimaeus. This is going to be my garment, okay? I didn't know I was preaching this message, so I didn't come prepared, so I had to just makeshift and find one, all right? So, as we're talking about this garment, what is it to blind Bartimaeus? Well, think of 
what it's like where he lives. You think of there in the Middle East where it's just really hot. I mean, you've got sand everywhere. The wind kicks up. That sand starts blowing. It's cold a lot at night. I mean, freezing cold sometimes. And you just got that burning heat coming down. Well, think about it. if you're a blind man and you're seated here by the highway side, and you think you're seated and that sun just starts beating down. You just feel it hot. You don't have any protection from that. You can't go find a shelter. You can't go find a tree if there is one around to sit under to get some protection to your skin from all that heat and from that sun. What's the only thing that you have to protect yourself from that sun? It's this right here, this garment. You can throw it over you and you're protected. All right. Well, say that there's a sandstorm. The wind just kicks up. Man, it is blowing like crazy. What's the only protection you have from that storm? This garment. You can wrap yourself up and protect yourself from that storm. When it gets freezing cold at night, what's the only thing you have to keep you warm? This garment. You can wrap up, snuggle up, and get warm. So when you think about this garment, this garment means everything to blind Bartimaeus. If he doesn't have this garment, he's going to be dead soon. He's not going to live much longer if he does not have that warmth, that protection, and that shelter. This is his warmth, his protection, and his shelter. This is what he places his faith in to keep him alive to see another day. It's all that he can trust in. He said, man, I've got, I've got my faith in this garment that it's going to hold out just a little bit longer. It's not going to rip. It's not going to tear. All I do is just keep it right here. It's going to last me a good long time. I'm going to put it around me, and I don't have to worry about losing it. It's going to be right here, and I'm going to be sitting right here, and we're going to have it. I'm not going to lose this thing. I'm going to live to see another day. I'll just beg the next day, and we'll make it through. This is where he has placed all of his faith and all of his trust is in this garment. Now let's read this again where it says in verse number 49 once again, And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. Verse number 50, it says, And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. It doesn't say, and he, putting his garment over his arm, and he, putting his garment over his shoulder, came to Jesus because if blind Bartimaeus takes this garment and he throws it over his shoulder, what he's saying is, God, I know you can heal me. I kind of, I believe you can heal me, but I really don't trust you all the way, so I'm going to keep my protection just in case. And he didn't say, all right, well, I'm just going to sit here. Blind Bartimaeus didn't even do this because you think he's probably sitting by a wall. If blind Bartimaeus had taken this garment off and said, all right, I'm going to set it right here, Because I can find this wall and I can work my way back down to it if Jesus doesn't heal me. That ain't what he did. Blind Bartimaeus had faith in the Lord that he was going to be all he needed. He said, if I can get to Jesus, I'm not going to need my warmth. I'm not going to need my protection. I'm not going to need my shelter. All I'm going to need is the Lord. My faith is going to be completely in Him. I don't want this no more. And he cast it aside. He didn't just set it down, he cast it away. And when he cast it away, he said, I am placing every bit of faith that I have in Jesus Christ. I'm not trusting my faith, my shelter, anything that I can do. I'm getting rid of it. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm trusting the Lord. And so he trusted in him. He said, I want to get to Jesus. And it says in verse number 51, it says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, 
What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And that brings us to the cure that was given to blind Bartimaeus. And it says in verse number 51, after he asked that question, the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. He knew exactly what he wanted and what he needed. He wanted to receive his sight. And then, I love what it says here. It says, verse number 52, it says, And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. How do I know that blind Bartimaeus put his complete faith and trust in the Lord and completely detached from everything else he had faith in? Was because it says, after he said, Thy faith hath made thee whole, it said, And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. He didn't go back to find it. He didn't say, well, man, I'm going to have to have something to keep me warm tonight. It might come stand tonight. Man, I, I, I ain't got no money right now. I didn't get any today. And then Jesus come by. Now I can see I'm going to have to have something to keep me warm. No. He said, Jesus is all I need. He turned completely away from what he trusted. And he said, my faith is in the Lord. I don't want what I can trust in any longer. I want Jesus. And I'm just going to follow him because he can give me my sight. He can keep me warm. He can provide shelter for me. He can give me safety in the midst of a storm. And He wants to do the same for you today. You say, well, I, I don't know, man. I'm, just, I'm going through a tough time and there's a storm in my life. There's a trial. I'm just, and you're placing your faith in something that you can do to get you through it. Blind Bartimaeus, he was in a serious trial. He was blind. He couldn't see anything. He couldn't see the next step ahead. But when he placed his trust in Jesus and said, I'm turning all my faith from what I can do, and I'm turning it to the Lord, he received his sight and was given a new life and a new direction and everything. And that's what God will give to you. You may be here tonight, and your garment that you're trusting in and what you're clinging to is your life of sin. You haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're still trusting in what you can do to get you to heaven. You say, well, I'm a good person. I do this and I do that. Works are not going to get you to heaven. The Bible says in... I had it written down right here because I will mess it up. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. If we had to do anything to accept salvation, we could boast about it. But it's nothing that we can do. It's a free gift that God offers to all through His Son, Jesus Christ. All we have to do is put our complete faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Just like Bartimaeus, as he was seated here and he was just waiting for Jesus to stop and to hear him, when Jesus commanded him to be called, Bartimaeus took everything that he had faith in, the what he could do, anything there, he said, I don't want faith in that no more. I'm casting it aside. I'm placing every bit of faith that I have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we heard a message about faith Wednesday. And that was just, man, that was an amazing message. It just touched my heart and it just got me fired up about my faith. But that's, I guess, where the Lord was leading tonight is what is your faith in? Is your faith in what you can hold to, what you can trust, what you can see, or is it in the Lord? Just like he mentioned Wednesday night, is it in your money? Is it in politics? What is it in? Is your faith in something else? It shouldn't be. It needs to be wholly in the Lord because if it's not completely in the Lord, you're not fully trusting with all faith on the Lord, 
then your faith is in other places and you're going to try to lean on those things when you're in trouble. When you're struggling, you're going to lean on that other thing instead of just completely trusting the Lord and you're going to dig your hole deeper. And you're going to dig the hole deeper. And you're going to dig that hole deeper and it's going to be harder to get out of it. We've got to put our complete faith and trust in the Lord. If you're here tonight and you've not accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, there's no better time than tonight. Get rid of all that you're trusting in, what you can do. You did this or I did this when I was this old. I did that when I was this. It's not about what you can do. It's about putting that complete faith and trust in the Lord. You're here tonight. You say, man, I'm saved. I've accepted the Lord as my Savior. Man, I trusted Him with complete faith. Just trusted Him to save my soul. Man, I'm a born-again child of God. Man, I'm just loving the Lord and just trying to serve Him. Well, do you have all of your faith in Him still? Or are there other things that have crept in, other garments that you have that you've just kind of picked up along the way? Because everybody else that wasn't blind, a lot of people probably had two, three, four different garments that they could have. One gets wore out, it's just not working right for them, so they get another one. Well, we pick up garments throughout our life, little things that take some of our faith, and we just put our trust in those. Are you willing to let go of those things that you've put your faith in, whether it's a job, whether it, no matter what it is? For me, when I took that step of faith to trust the Lord and to go on deputation to go to Utah, <clears throat> I was working a good job. I was working for the post office and I was working at a hardware store. I had two jobs, two sources of income, and was making good money doing that because the post office pays very well. And I was just, I was excited. I was serving the Lord. I didn't have any worries, any cares, anything like that. Just serving the Lord faithful at church. Man, I was excited, but I had my faith in those things. But when the Lord tested that faith and said, are you willing to give all of it up to trust me? I had a decision to make. Am I going to trust in, well, Lord, I'll hit that deputation trail, but I'm going to still work Saturdays and some during the week at the post office so that I can make sure that I've got enough money. No, I told my postmaster, because he asked me that question. He said, well, are you sure you're going to be able to make it? I mean, are you going to, I mean, you got bills? I'm like, oh, yeah, I got some bills. He's like, well, are you going to be able to pay those bills? I said, I have no idea. I really don't. I said, but I know what God's told me to do because I've prayed hard about it because I really wanted to stay at the post office for a few months at least till I got a little bit of support that I knew was going to take care of those bills. And I said, I'm just going to do it that way. It makes sense. It's just right. But God said no. And so I mean, I'm not super spiritual and just like, all right, Lord, you said no and just go do it. No, I prayed a whole lot more saying, Lord, are you sure? A few weeks of praying, Lord, are you absolutely sure that you really want me to quit the post office now? Like, and then he's like, yes. And then you wait the next day. You're like, Lord, I know you said yes yesterday, but are you sure it's the same answer today? And you're asking him. And there's nothing wrong with asking him that and questioning him because it's a serious thing to step out by faith. It's a scary thing. But... When you trust Him and you step out by faith, you say, Lord, I'm just getting rid of what I can trust in. Whatever it is, you've asked me to do this, and I'm just going to trust you with it. He will not leave you hanging. He will bless you, and He will take care of you, and He will provide for you no matter what. And you'll be amazed to see what God will do if you'll put all of your faith in Him. So the question that I want to ask you and leave you with tonight really is, what is your faith in? Is it fully in the Lord? Or is it in things? Is it in possessions? Is it in people? What is your faith in? It needs to be completely on the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, just thank you for this day, Lord. What you've done, Lord, just in my heart. Lord, thank you for the message. Lord, I pray that you used it maybe in someone's life, Lord, just to touch hearts. And Lord, I know you spoke to my heart once again. 
Lord, I just want to ask you tonight specifically, Lord, if there's one here tonight that doesn't know you, that's not accepted you as their Savior, Lord, convict them tonight. Lord, show them that there is no better place than in the family of God. Lord, there is no greater thing than to put their complete faith in you. God, it's nothing that we can do. You've told us it's by grace through faith alone. Lord, it's not of works. Lord, we can't do it. Lord, we ask you just to be with us. We'll be in this invitation time. Lord, we just thank you so much, Lord, for who you are and for what you are in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and with eyes closed, let's stand as the musicians begin to play.